You're listening to Pulse 95. Keeping it local, all day, every day. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. Ahlan wa sahlan, sabah al khair. Happy Thursday and welcome to Life Beats. Even better, it is World Pasta Day. We are celebrating one of the most glorious and satisfying Italian stables today. We are going to be finding out exactly how to make an authentic pasta dough from scratch with some tips from top experts. Uh, and it's surprisingly easy, uh, yielding some beautiful results. Have you ever tried it? Uh, let us know. And we're going to be also be talking uh, some of our favorite pasta dishes that you can whip up tonight or for a relaxed weekend feast. That is coming up from 11 a.m. But first, we are going to be finding out how to develop children as leaders with Arthur Karmazzi, he's the founder of the Directive Communication Psychology and one of the world's top 10 leadership and organizational culture experts. If you've got kids or you work with children or you're wondering how to bring out the best in them, then this is the show for you. That's coming up next on Life Beats with me, Sally Musa on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Life beats. Life beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. It is Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. Hello and welcome to the show. Now, leadership is a word that gets thrown around so much these days, and it, it's a quality that adults not only aspire to have, but parents, as parents, we so eagerly want to instill that within our own children as well and to tell us how we can hopefully do both. We have with us in the studio Arthur Karmazzi, founder of the Directive Communication Psychology and the top leadership coach himself. Hello and welcome, Arthur. Well, hi, Sally. It's <laughs> great to be here once again. <laughs> welcome back to Pulse 95. Well, it's fun. You are like my favorite DJ here. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so glad to hear that. It's the the perfect way to start the conversation. Um, no, but uh, putting that aside, uh, we love having you here every time because we learn something new from you. Um, and th- this is something that you have worked on leadership and uh, training leaders is something that you've worked on for a long time over many years. In that time, what what have you kind of learned from observing experts, from coaching people? Well, we okay, okay. The, the, the biggest thing that you actually learn from that is that there is no leadership model, all right? So you've got all these different kinds of models right now where everybody says, oh, if you do this, you're, you're going to be a good leader, and you do that, you'll be a good leader, and you do all these other things, and then you're going to be a great leader, okay? And then, you know, people try it, and then after a while, they kind of go back to how they were. Why? Because it's not sustainable. They're trying to be something they are not in order to fit into a specific model. Okay, so what we've done is we've created literally the leadership anti-model that identify, helps people to identify leadership characteristics that they already have in different environments. And what I mean by different environments means like, for example, maybe you know when you are with your friends, 
you have certain characteristics that come out when you are with uh, people that you work with, when you're uh, with your family. Different characteristics come out, and that basically... Um, uh, when you are in stress or not stress or everything, that creates different facets of who you are. Sometimes you're really good and sometimes you're, well, less than <laughs> good. Okay? But but by identifying these, yeah. refining them into your own ideal leadership model and then kind of, you know, putting them together and, and, and looking at basically who you are at your best... You create your own ideal leadership model, which is sustainable because you don't have to change. You just have to be more of the best of who you already are. And you identify how and what brings these things out. So it becomes easier to just basically be the better you. This is brilliant. I mean, you're basically saying there's no one size fits all for leadership. There is no one leadership model. We have to observe ourselves and we have to work out because you get into that state, don't you, when you're doing something brilliantly. Oh, when you're doing something well, you do get into that state and then you realize, oh, I'm in my zone. Exactly. And and you, you'll also notice that it's the, even the same task, right? When you're doing it with one group of people, it works really well. And those people are reacting in a really great way and they're going like, wow, this is amazing. Okay. And you get it. And you do the exact same task with a different group of people and they say, oh, my gosh, when is this going to be over? <laughs> right. Right. And then so you need to be tailoring it to the right group of people. No, no. It's well, OK. I mean, your 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 environment is thing. But see, the thing is that each group of people brings out different facets of who you are. Right. So even though it's it's the same task, mm -hmm. your behavior literally changes depending on the people around you. OK. And you're not doing it on purpose, but those people bring out different facets of who you are. And by knowing what are the triggers you can literally create environments where not only do you become a better leader but you're creating a leadership enriched environment with the people around you surround yourself with the right people that 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 has a lot to do with it yes and or if you're if they're not the right people because sometimes you're stuck with people that are not the right people okay creating an environment that supports them to find the best of who they are so that they can support you and you can support them to each basically be better. Okay. I th we need to know how to, how to create that environment because most of us, you don't get to choose who you're surrounded by a lot of the time. Exactly. And, and I mean, that's, that's reality, especially in larger organizations. I mean, you know, the teams are already set know, up. I, I ask you about this because it's not just about, you know, how to develop kids into leaders because, uh, you know, I feel like they're watching us. So actually... We need to master this stuff first, um, which kind of comes to your first point, which is developing that attitude of success. Absolutely. And, and see, the thing is, OK, I mean, when you're when you're dealing with kids, okay, I have two kids, OK, Alessandro and Dante. Alessandro just turned eight and Dante just turned 11. OK, so um, uh, they, they've, they've actually just written their first books uh, two and a half months ago. Uh, they've just started marketing their books. Okay. Um, hang on, hang on now. They've just written books? Yeah. Hang on now. Wait, wait. Like, step back a bit. What do you mean they've written books? Well, okay, Dante has written a book called uh, The History of Life, 50 Fun Facts to Make You Sound Very Smart. 
And it. Alessandro <laughs> has written, and that's more of a nonfiction kind of book, and uh, it takes you from the very first cell all the way to modern civilization. And um, Alessandro has written a book, uh, a fiction story called Slappy the Crocodile. <laughs> and Sweet. Slappy, basically, he goes around slapping other crocodiles to make friends until he has so many friends and they all decide they're going to slap him at the same time. And then he thinks, well, maybe there's a better way of making friends. How old are they? Uh, Alessandro, well, when they wrote the book, Alessandro yeah. was seven and Dante was ten. But now Sweet. they're uh, eight and eleven. And and so you coach them into into doing this? You know, well, yeah, how did, and, and which how did com, this comes happen? down to the whole thing of, of, of coaching, right? I mean, see, see a lot of parents, mm -hmm. okay, what they're doing is um, basically they tell their kids what to do, right? Do this, do this, be like that, be, you know, you know, do all these things. And the, the but the thing is that oftentimes they're they're focusing on more of a, 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 a an objective mm -hmm. okay and instead of creating an environment that supports that objective and so and and for example i've seen a lot of situations where your you know parents because they're busy i mean you know you got things to do so it's like oh here play with a phone it's like okay thanks and then what happens is instead of being doing parenting, what, what they're doing is they're basically just using technology to babysit the kids. And that is not going to develop leaders. Okay, that is not going to develop healthy kids. Okay, why? Because, first of all, kids learn that, hey, I want to play more games because games are fun and I don't have to do all these other things. So all I have to do is be annoying to my parents and I'll get to play games. Yes. That's true. That's exactly what we're teaching our kids. And 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 the thing is, and and think about what that means in the future, right? Okay, what does that mean when we are creating an environment for our kids that uh, basically says, "Hey, don't spend real time with people trying to uh, help them to grow and be better." Okay, just deal with it by giving them a task to make them busy a okay? pacifier exactly and, and and that how does that translate into leadership it doesn't right because of eventually these kids okay they're going to have very difficult times because parents haven't really spent the time to coach them okay and really understand who they are we're going to come back in just a moment. Arthur Karmatsi is in the studio, as you can see and hear on Instagram Live on Pulse95 Radio. And you can hear all over the airwaves, all over the UAE uh, and everywhere else that you're listening. If you have a question for Arthur, we are talking about how to develop your kids into leaders. And I think uh, we've uh, off to an amazing start right now. So if you've got questions, comments, send them in right now. This is Pulse95. 95. 95. Keeping it local. Keeping it local. All day, every day. Pulse 95. Heart of Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. 95. Yes, it's Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. We're continuing the conversation uh, with the very animated Arthur Karmatsi. He is uh, lighting up the studio. Uh, and the text lines as well. Uh, good morning to everybody who's texting through on Instagram Live. Um, Arthur, you were talking about um, how we shouldn't be just uh, pacifying our kids um, with technology. This is obviously uh, a big no-no. We know that as parents. 
but what should we be doing instead? Parenting. <laughs> I mean, that's... And be specific. Okay. How All do, right. How do you lead your kids in the right direction? So, so let's let let's just kind of look at. Uh, I, I mean, like my okay, my son Dante. Yes. All right. Dante is now 11 years old. He didn't start talking until he was five. He cannot spell very well. Okay. He's behind in his class as far as spelling, and he's not really the best in mathematics either. Mm. Okay. But okay, what does but but you ask him anything about? ancient history, whether it's the Majapahit Empire, the Ming Dynasty, um, the fall of the Roman Empire, he'll be able to talk to you about it. How okay? did he uh, develop that love of learning and, and knowledge? And, and this again goes back to how we can use technology in a positive way, right? So for example, YouTube has tons of this kind of stuff, right? So, you know, he's very interested in genetic engineering. So you, he, he watches these videos, uh, these education videos. Now, there's a lot of education videos out there. I mean, really a lot, okay? And, you you know, there's um, uh, like uh, uh, Cruise, CruiseGit and um, uh, uh, Eons, which he likes also. And there's uh, um, uh, Extra History, uh, all these different kinds of, of shows that are short shows that kind of make all these different things interesting. But here's the thing, okay? Sit down and watch with your kids. It doesn't take that long, and this way you can actually have conversations about it. But more importantly, as you are developing this, because remember, learning is not like, oh, you just watch and it's like, oh, well, that's it, finished, thanks, okay? Now it's about, hey, well, let's have a conversation about it. You ask them questions, you're at dinner, and so, hey, okay, what about, uh, you know, the, um, uh, you know, this particular thing, you know what, you know, because you watched it too, so you know, and now you can reinforce some of the learning, and they start thinking about it and then they start so what do you think about that what if they would have done this and you start asking these questions and they're like wow number one I'm getting bonding time with my parents okay and number two my parents are actually interested in same things that I'm interested in and so then at the same time you're creating this relationship with your kids and the kids are learning and they're having fun and this uh, this whole emotional gratification of learning is connected to love to a feeling of respect that you actually respect your kids and you trust them and you listen to them and and that they actually have a voice that you listen to rather than you talk down to okay so so they feel important and then in that moment uh, all of those feelings then uh, build that love of learning because... exactly i mean every, everything you do that is related to something that you like is connected to how much emotional gratification you're going to get from it right okay if it's not fun okay you're not going to do it okay this is why we tend to or kids tend to not do things that aren't fun Right, because it's like, oh, okay. So, for example, my like I was telling you, okay, Dante has written a book, even though he can't spell. Okay, so he used Google Translate to write most of his book. He would just talk into it because that kind of helped him to use his skill, which was an understanding of all of the evolution and history of life and all of these different things that he really likes without having to have the pain of trying to spell it correctly. Now, when we went through the editing, I helped him with the editing, and then we went through some of the grammar and we went through some of the spelling, and, and it was a parent-child um, 
session where we got to bond and he got to also learn a little bit more about the spelling and it became more fun. And that's how you get kids to take on tasks they otherwise would never think of taking on. Absolutely. Writing a book. I mean, you know, just the idea of writing a book for an adult is like, you know, overwhelming. But if it, when you do it like that, when you break it down, when you find technology that is going to help you to do it, it just it can transform what the it, child is doing. Absolutely, and you know, so the so, so the kids. I mean, now okay, they're they're also building their websites. And Alessandro, for example, he used Photoshop for his uh, for his um, photos because he didn't want to spend too much time not his photos, his uh, his drawings. So he did like he drew uh, all these different crocodiles, and then he would uh, color them in Photoshop, <laughs> and then he'd copy paste them to make new illustrations for his book. Right, so that way he would just kind of copy the same crocodile and put them in different places and stuff, and 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 so they're learning how to use these different types of of um, of technology to make things easier and at the same time be efficient, right? And so, well, you know, and and Dan and Dante also he he actually mostly did the website to sell the books, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and so he's uh, and of course they're doing videos and everything to you know do the promotion and everything. Actually, if you want to see the kids uh, the kids website, you can go to www.dnabooks.net. Have a look at their work there. Um, and in terms of building character through personal achievements, how do we do that with them? Because I mean, a lot of times. There's a, there's a lot of debate about this of, of how to praise a child correctly. So, you know, you don't tell them, oh, you're so smart. You should be doing you should be doing differently. How should you be? Well, OK, first of all, I mean, encouraging your child, encouraging your child literally requires some kind of a result. Right. Right. And the thing is that at the end of the day, um, I mean, for, fortunately, I have two kids. OK, so with two kids, you can create that kind of friendly competition. Right? I you know that it's friendly. I have two, and it's, <laughs> it ain't friendly. Well, here's the thing. As an adult, <laughs> so you know, I know, for example, I know that Dante is going to be good at certain problems, yeah. and I know Alessandro is going to be good at other problems. So what we do is we basically ask questions so that both kind of are you know, on par with each other, so that they both feel like they're achieving something. And sometimes we gear the question so that Dante will win and sometimes gear the problem so that Alessandro will win so that, that, you know, so that it's never like one is always winning, okay? And at the same time, I mean, uh, we encourage them to teach each other, mm. okay? So the... The achievements, for example, like the book is one achievement, but okay, there's also achievements like, um, you know, improvement. Okay, so for example, with the spelling thing, okay, so I've done, uh, I, these are some of the things that I wasn't able to spell uh, last week, and now look, I can spell them, and I can spell them um, in a competition. Okay, so here we've, we've got these, these, this fun thing. And if you're in a car with kids, Okay, if you're driving somewhere, oh my gosh, that's the perfect time. So much time is wasted just kind of driving, you know, you're listening to the radio, whatever. It's like, hey, let's have a time stable quiz. Yay! <laughs> okay, and you can like come up with some some, some fun things. And, and okay, you know, the um, both my kids, okay, my, my, my you know, are, are really good at time stables simply because every time we're in a car, that's that's one of the things that they can do. And, you and just that, make it fun. You just make it an you activity. You make it fun, yeah. And then, of course, you know, you also, you know, you do the bigger numbers, right? Right. So yeah. with, and and so it's uh, so they they have to do it in their head. So they're learning all this stuff. 
Uh, see, and I think this is brilliant. Um, and uh, but I want to come back, and you know, this works brilliantly for young kids. But I want to ask you how we do it with older kids as well. How does that kind of the, the coaching into leadership differ uh, as you go? Okay, well, through first of all, the ages. We're going to do that when we come back. Okay, yes. <laughs> with our third Karamatsi. Heart of Shadow. This is Pulse 95. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. 95. Yes, we are back with Arthur Karmatsi. Uh, he is a leadership expert and uh, founder of the Directive Communication Psychology. Uh, and we're talking about how to develop your kids into leaders, but certainly a lot of these um, uh, qualities can be developed in adults too. That is for sure. Um, you were talking about your own kids uh, and, and what you do with them. Right. Um, uh, particularly, you know, in the car. Uh, just doing fun things, making things that are not fun, fun, like doing your uh, your multiplications tables, making it a game, gamifying it. Yeah. But uh, does that work with older kids? It does. I mean, you know, see, here's, I, I mean, at the end of the day, Kate, okay, one of the things that is that that makes things fun is, like, okay. Let's say, for example, drama. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's say, for example, um, all right. Now you have to spell these particular words while you're angry. Okay, and you got to try <laughs> to be angry and and do this, and you got to do that the drama thing, and you know, so, so you're just doing it in a fun way. You're just kind of be adding silly about little it. elements. Yeah, and and it makes it makes different things fun. And um, you know, one of the things you had mentioned earlier is with like uh, older kids. Okay, so I mean, first of all. The there's a lot of uh, with with older kids the coaching element is still very important. Okay, so for example, with my kids, I do not and and never have told them what to do. Okay, I've never told them what is right or wrong. Okay, what I have done is I have asked them questions. Okay, now in order to have asked the questions, of course, you have to frame the questions in the right way. So you have to actually, you don't just say, well, which do you prefer to eat today, chocolate or broccoli? Okay, they're um, gonna say chocolate every time. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> so, so, so what you want to do is you want to create um, uh, the, the the scenario so that they can make the right choices. But the point is that they have to make the choice by them having ownership. Not only does that develop confidence, okay because they're the ones that are making the choice. So for example, rather than comparing chocolate and broccoli, you wanna uh, talk about maybe choice. Hey, do you think it's important to have different choices in your life? Okay, so yes, well, okay, so what about food, okay? In order to have good choices in your food, do you think um, that you should know different kinds of food? Okay, well, uh, yeah, okay, so in order to know different kinds of food, do you think it would be good to at least taste the different kinds of food so that you will have an, an understanding of what your choices actually are? Well, yeah, I guess that makes sense. So you're, you're not telling them they should eat everything, okay? You're giving them an options and you're explaining things in such a way and you're asking them questions that basically help them to say, yeah, that's right, that makes sense. Okay, and by doing that, okay, and, and whether they're young kids or whether they're older kids, okay, you are developing an attitude of autonomy. 
okay? They are independent. They are making the decisions and they're the ones that are really key on creating their environment, their life. So you're giving them, uh, you know, an idea, a completely different way of looking at things um, rather than you have to do this. You should be uh, eating broccoli. You shouldn't be eating chocolate. No, it's it's kind of, um, you know, developing that understanding of because this is going to go beyond food. It's not just about the broccoli. It's of about experiencing life and opening yourself up to all kinds of experiences and, and making the right choices around that. And also, even when it homework, okay, for example, okay, my, like I said, Dante has uh, problems with spelling. Um, he's not really the best in his class, which also meant that he's been getting bullied, uh, especially when he was younger. And, um, you know, so first of all, listen to him when he talks to you about being bullied, okay? And, mm. and, and ask him questions about what that means. Do you feel like parents don't listen enough to the, the, deeply enough to the experiences of their it kids? It really depends on the parent. I mean, sometimes, you know, I mean, just sitting there and listening and, and, and waiting, for, you know, just, just waiting for them to really kind of let out their emotions about it. Okay. But instead of telling them what to do, ask them questions yeah so well what do you think you know what do you think he this this kid okay um uh that's bullying you what do you think he's getting out of it what are the emotions that he's getting out of it why do you think he does it okay and so then you know maybe i'll tell him a story okay so that that story kind of gives him a little bit of an idea of oh well maybe oh he maybe he's like that character in that story right he's like the lizard in the story that that i talked about mm -hmm. okay you know because he's reacting to something else that's going on so you know in in the story the lizard it wasn't about uh you know the the lizard um hitting the monkey it was about because the monkey was bad it was about the lizard reacting to the situation that he was in Okay, so now you've got this, this this scenario where you're telling a story and you're kind of getting, you know, the connection between the thing. And then you're asking him, well, do you think he might be like the lizard? Well, yeah, that makes sense. And so you'd be like more like the monkey. So, okay, and, and so then then he's making the associations. He's getting the, the understanding and he's feeling better about it, which also gives him more confidence in that situation. And it gives him more strategy because... Okay, we say, well, you know, if you were the lizard and he's, and you know, uh, uh, how, how would the, li if, if, if the lizard was actually being bullied by this guy, what would the lizard do? It's like, oh, he would probably react. And what would that, that would mean what? Okay, oh, maybe the guy would be bullying the lizard more. And so I said, well, that's probably right. Do you want to be the lizard or do you want to be the monkey? So I was like, no, okay, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to react yeah. to being bullied. And yeah, yeah, so yeah. therefore they create this whole thing, which of course creates a scenario where they create their own actions based on their decisions. There's a question that's come in from Hannah about instilling confidence in children, because this sounds like something that comes very naturally to you with your own kids. This is what you're doing every single day. Before we answer Hannah's question, how old should kids be before you kind of do this kind of stuff with them? Uh, I started doing it when they were able to communicate. So just from the very beginning? Uh, yeah. Don't wait. Don't wait. Never wait. Just do it. Just do it. Just start talking okay? to them and, in that and, way. And the whole thing with values and stuff, you're, a lot of people might thinking, oh my gosh, I have to instill values in my kids. Hello. Okay. Explain it right. Let your kids choose. They'll get the right values. Kids are smarter than you think. <laughs>
Yeah, have have faith in in their intelligence. Uh, but so uh, Hannah's asking about instilling confidence in children later because her uh, child is 15 years old, um, has not done well in school previously, but obviously she wants that to improve. How do okay. you do it? Well, first of all, don't focus on what's wrong. Okay, I mean, it's, seriously, I mean, there's, uh, you know, the, you, you, you get your child, he like gets two A's, two B's and one F. What do you focus on? The freaking F, man. <laughs> okay, and, and what you're basically saying is, yeah. oh, it's nothing true. else that you've done is valuable. Only that F is important and you failed. Mm. Okay, so of course things like that are going to create lack of confidence. Okay, so first of all, let's just say focus on something they're good at. I don't know what it is. Maybe whether it's grades, maybe it's not. Maybe they're interested in cars. Um, you know, at 15, um, you know, maybe they're interested in, in airplanes. I don't know. Okay, boys, girls, whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, you got whatever they're interested in, okay, um, that is going to be something they're also going to be good at. Mm -hmm. All right. So find the things that they're going to be interested in and good at build and, on that. and build on that. So, OK, so you're really good at this. Because really, everybody's good at something. Yeah. OK. Or you're really, you know, this is something that, you know, something that, that, you know, you're very passionate about. So what how can you take that thing and apply it to some of these other areas where maybe, you know, you're not so good? What are the strategies? Okay. And one of the things that really builds confidence, becoming an expert. Mm. Okay. So maybe they're not really good at math. Like, you know, my, my older son is not really good at math for his age and he's like not good at spelling for his age. Okay. But when it comes to talking about genetic engineering and history and stuff like that he he blows the teachers away okay and that gives him confidence and, and that's only because that is his interest okay and so whatever your son daughter is good at build them up as an expert so say well what do you know how can you teach other kids about this thing that you're good at or what are uh, some of the things that you can do or you know maybe have them set up a youtube channel so that they can also connect as an expert with other kids their age and or even adults there are all kinds of possibilities there are you just got to find them uh the last point that i want to come back to in just a moment with you arthur is all about building a psychology about the value of money. This Very is interesting. Important. That's coming up next on Life Beats. This is Pulse 95. Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Amazing conversation with Arthur Karmati this morning, all about how to develop children into leaders. And uh, our final point today, uh, Arthur, with you is instilling uh, uh, the value of money in kids. And your first point is do not give your kids an allowance. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. An allowance is a handout. Okay. So the kids basically feel, well, okay, I am my, because I'm a kid, because I am, you know, this person's uh, child, I am entitled to money. Um, and that money is for whatever I can do. Well, no, that's not the way reality works. Okay. Just, just, you know, go up to your boss and say, Hey boss, you know, just because I work here and whether I do work or not, you should give me money. Okay. You'll be like, no, you're fired. <laughs> no, exactly. That's the whole point. See, see, there has to be value in exchange for money. Now that value can be learning. 
okay, because I have learned a certain thing or mm. because I have developed, like, for example, like my kids have, again, gone through YouTube to develop their skill as artists. And, and, and I mean, my... They learn to draw on YouTube. Oh, you, you, and I mean really really well also i mean uh, when now now alessandro even just in the last few months has done some amazing work you know you'd look at i can't even draw that well okay brilliant okay it's my seven-year-old right wow. well, he's eight now but um and dante also he draws these perfectly detailed dinosaurs that you look at it's like oh my gosh you know you'd see that in an art gallery they're brilliant they're pencil drawings wow but the thing is that okay why well because number one um we pay them for the value so okay oh this is worth framing so we, we 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 frame it but of course before we frame it he says well hey papi let me go ahead and, and make some photocopies um so that i can sell the prints and so he makes like you know 50 photocopies and he sells them and he signs them and he puts print number one print number two print number three <laughs> and he sells them um at school and to his friends really? and everything else and and they're good wow and people actually buy them but, you know i mean they're it's the equivalent of about a dollar fifty to buy it but well still. for a seven-year-old eight-year-old that's pretty good so so yeah they, and, and people do buy them because they're they're really good but the thing is that i mean even for example, like setting financial goals. Okay, when when Dante was younger, he wanted a Robo Raptor. This is a two hundred and forty dollar toy. Okay, so he didn't have the money to buy the Robo Raptor, but he would build. What he did is he made a he made a goal book, and he put a picture of the Robo Raptor on this book, and then he put how much money he had at the top and how much money he needed to have in order to buy the Robo Raptor. And every time he would get money, he would add to this book. Okay, and then it just kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller to the point of where now then he only needed like, you know, just a few more dollars to get to to be able to hit the two hundred and forty dollars. And when he finally did, then we went out and bought the Robo Raptor. Wow. Okay, and if the kids kind of get lazy, which sometimes they do and they of don't want to do, do things to get more money. Yeah, we take them to the toy store. And we go and they look at all Isn't these different torture? toys and they think, wow, I want to buy this. Well, how much money do you have? Oh, we got to quick, quick, let's go and do some more work so that we can make more money. Okay, and then, then you know, so, and then it remotivates them. Okay, so that's what you do with your kids. That's what I do with my kids. To teach them the value of money. We are doing it all wrong. We shouldn't be giving them uh, allowances um, because it's true. I mean, then they kind of take it all for granted and they think it all just comes for free. It, it does. And, and, and here the thing is, okay, sometimes, um, like, for example, the in uh dante mm -hmm. he's more of the kind of guy that's out doing the sales and everything else for things alessandro he's the accountant so now dante and alessandro have created this whole little thing where he will give the money to alessandro who takes care of it and alessandro decides also whether it's a viable expenditure to buy a certain toy or not a certain toy and they kind of like negotiate with each other it's like well okay so should we have enough because we still they still have to feel they feel that they still want to have savings in case something comes up that's really good i love that that's amazing. This is how we should be talking to our kids about money and how we should be uh, instilling the value of money in them uh, to build leadership skills after we've run out of time. Oh, that's tragic. But <laughs> We're going to have to have you back again. Well, there you go. Okay. I'll, of course, I live in Bali, but hey, 
when you're back in town, uh, back in Sharjah, absolutely. you come back and you see us. But this is going to be available on podcast. Don't worry if you've missed any part of the discussion. You can listen back to it. It will be on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. It is all available there. Arthur Karmatsi, what an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Also, there's a lot of videos related to leadership and uh, creating environments and culture and stuff on YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash TV. C-A-R-M-A-Z-Z-I-T-V. If you want to see more, that is the place to go. Uh, coming up next on Life Beats here on Pulse95, we're going to be talking World Pasta Day and finding out why we should be becoming vegan from Heather Mills. That's next. The Heart of Shaja. This is Pulse95. Yeah, yeah.